We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings upon the Prophet, peace be upon him. Alrighty, continuing our exploration of Surat An-Nisa, Surah 4, The Vimin. Uh, we are looking at Ayah 31 of, of the Surah. Oh, before we begin, anyone else have any other questions about anything related, unrelated? No. I had questions about like the older A's. Ulfat, go for it. Um, can we? Can, would it be possible to bring up the A's on uh, my Malakat Aymanim? Oh, of course. I'm sorry, I'm taking us back to that. <laughs> That's fine. That's I mean that is all, uh, that phrase is all over. So, for example, maybe in Ayah three. No, 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 no. It was from like two classes ago. The the one on Thursday. Uh, let's. It was 20... 21, maybe? No. The one after that? I should have written the A down. Mm -hmm. It was the A that also kind of used the term Mohsanet. Yeah, okay. That one. Yeah. Mohsanet, okay. Yeah. Um, so why is muhsanat only applied to like free women? Mm. Wonderful question. Uh, for this, I can speculate. This I've, I have never looked up. So uh, I suspect that uh, those who are bound, uh, the even the system of morality that is imposed upon them is different because they are bound so muhsinat it would be someone who is free who has the power to choose to be upright see what i'm saying whereas the person who is essentially bounded uh is very limited in their choices that would be my purely speculation what do you think what are your thoughts i don't that's that's I, I kind of had question marks around that. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to explore this to see what I can find. So. Thank you. Another question: If I was understanding the the AIA and the recordings correctly, is that um, men could marry? No, no. They how? Why was it not considered fornication if they were not married to the slave women? That's a special uh, classification. And it could be <clears throat> just that that's what the, the, the ruling is. It could be related to something about men in that position of power being unable to control themselves, you know, which might seem like a cop-out, but it might be a real thing. But if it was as simple as that, why would men then get married? It would just yeah. be easier for them to just do that. Oh, totally. Meaning... The, the thrust uh, uh, that seems to be in the Quran is that if you have anyone under your power, your goal is to marry them uh, or to, to, to free them. But this is a thing that is allowed. And uh, officially, the child, if the, the mother is bound, but the child, if the father is free, then the child is free. But this... Uh, this is uh, an issue that you know I've reflected upon over the years, 
and haven't found a a a full answer. You know, your exact question: Why is this not zina? Or in other words, why is this allowed? Because it even sounds like uh, either in the culture of that era, it was assumed that this is a thing, or it sounds like this is coercive. So, but yeah, uh, I haven't uh, you know come across a full thorough answer for this. Okay, because it's interesting how like slavery, it's kind of been like how we talk about it is that Islam kind of over time, the goal was to get slavery to end, but then yeah. nothing on this discourse at all, at least that I've come across. Uh, uh, I didn't understand the last phrase that you're saying. Uh, could you explain that part more? Um, I don't. I'm missing the part where because I'm trying, I'm still trying to make sense of the the concept of Malakat Aymanim. Yeah. And uh, I like if the goal was to end slavery yeah. over time gradually. I don't see how where how are we doing this for this too? It feels yeah. like a practice that should have kind of also been moving towards ending. Totally. Um, even uh, like in Surah Al-Mu'minun, the beginning of Surah Al-Mu'minun, it is, uh, and so then they guard their modesty, which is essentially, you know, their intimacy, except with their wives, or, same thing, Right? And, and so this seems like a specific class of relationship. Uh, if uh, I mean this is this is also not uh, an explanation, but if I if we saw this more in the scenario of real life, it might make more sense. But yeah, from from my vantage point, this is a big question mark. Any other questions I don't have answers to? Thank you. <laughs> Very good, inshallah. Sabrine. Is it? Spoken of like um, by others, is there like a like uh, scholarly? Um, could be. Yeah. It, it's uh, this I haven't found any good satisfactory answers. Wow. Okay. So. Any other questions about anything else before we jump into today's aya? Alrighty. So, aya thirty-one. might be a very hopeful ayah. Okay, once again, let me know. You can see the screen. Yeah. So, <clears throat> if you avoid the kabair, if you avoid the big sins, then Allah Ta'ala will, here it says remove, but essentially will cover up your other sins. And then admit you into a Karim entrance, essentially paradise. So, this is another principle to consider. But first, what are the Kaba'ir? And uh, let's make sense of this. Is this just a mercy from Allah or what? 
So there's all kinds of discourse on what the Kaba'ir are. The most famous book is by a major, major scholar named Avahabi. Okay. Literally, it's called Al Kaba'ir. And I don't know if you actually want to look at this book. I'm just going to show you it a little bit. I mean, look at this. Look at this font. It's already scary. Okay. The the Kaba'ir, the major sins by Imam al Zahabi. He lists 70 major sins. Okay. So if you can stay away from these 70, then Allah Ta'ala is going to ignore, is going to cover up your other deeds, your other bad deeds. Do you want me to zoom in? I mean, it looks like, well, if you're looking up close, maybe you want to see what it says. Yeah. So, shirk, okay, makes sense. Killing, sorcery, skipping prayers, okay. skipping zakat. This is that time of the year where everyone starts asking me 50,000 questions about zakat. Skipping fasts, skipping a hudge. This one is actually more scary than we might realize that for people who keep delaying the hudge with all the bizarro things that uh, that specific government is doing, who knows how much longer the hudge is going to be available, not including quarantine, showing disrespect to one's parents. Okay, so we basically knocked out every single Muslim race in America pretty much. Severing ties with your relatives, adultery, sodomy, accepting riba, wrongly consuming an orphan's property, that we saw. Lying about the prophet, probably don't have to worry about that. I don't know, fleeing on the battlefield. I don't think I'll be doing that anytime soon. I don't think I'll be on a battlefield anytime soon. Although it's best. Misleading your followers. Arrogance, pride, conceit, vanity, haughtiness. Lying, drinking alcohol. Okay, knocks away a third of my undergrads. Gambling. Accusing a woman of adultery. This we spoke about as the easiest uh, crime to adjudicate in all of Sharia. That if I even witness with three other witnesses zina and I accuse someone, I am officially a liar if I can't bring a fourth witness. But this is something even simpler than that. Think about a loose tongue and a guy saying something about uh, a woman. Misappropriating the spoils of war, theft. Every time I see this theft, I think about this time when I was three years old and I stole this box of 64 crayons from from uh, family friends kids highwaymen so these are people who torment people on the road okay uh this is uh, essentially an oath you don't fill taking people's property through falsehood collecting taxes that i would probably have to look to see what it says consuming haram suicide here i would speak of suicide as someone who is a full sound mental health lying dishonest judge bribery women imitating men and vice versa oh snap what could that mean not going to look it up. Okay. The pimp, I like this translation, and the one who permits his wife to fornicate stuff for the law. Marrying solely to return to the previous husband. Some of you in our back home countries might be familiar with this whole industry that they call the halala industry and don't really feel like getting into it. Okay. Uh, this is basically urinating on yourself for no particular reason and then not washing it. Showing off. Learning sacred knowledge for the sake of this world. Well, probably not going to happen in America. You don't get paid very much money. Breach of faith. So breaking your promises. 
repeatedly reminding recipients of one's charity to them. So if I give you charity and I keep reminding you that I did this, kabair, disbelieving in qadar, listening in on people's private conversations, causing fights between people, cursing others, breaking one's promises, believing in fortune tellers, astrologers. So I won't tell you my sign. Okay. A wife's rebellion against her husband. Picture making. And then, I mean, you want me to go through the rest? Fine. Loudly lamenting for the dead, excess against others, overburdening arrogance, hurting your neighbor, reviling Muslims, harming the servants of Allah, uh, dragging your clothes out of arrogance, wearing silk or gold. If you're a slave and you run away, that one's kind of scary, isn't it? Slaughtering in the name of other than Allah. This is basically your food, your meat. Falsely claiming someone is your father or vice versa. Arguing, picking another world, quarreling, withholding excess water from others. The idea being that you're preventing them from, from, from either drinking or from being able to do wudu. Uh, cheating in, in measurements when you're trading. Uh, feeling secure from Allah's devising. This is effectively saying distrust in Allah. Despairing in the mercy of Allah. Skipping congregational prayers so you can pray alone. Constantly missing Juma and congregational prayers without a valid excuse. Okay. And then cheating in inheritance. Whoops. And finishing it off. Uh, Deception, evil schemes, spying on Muslims, revealing their weaknesses, and insulting the Sahaba. Not that bad of a list. What was the one for picture making? What does that mean? Uh, so that one is probably actually making statues. Oh, okay. So, so this translation seems to be very, very uh, shoddy as translations go. Uh, very, very imprecise. You know, otherwise, look at our screen. We got a bunch of pictures here. Go. <laughs> Go. Uh, Olfat, you you were raising your hand, and then okay, Sabrine. You think statues as in like pottery class? Are we I mean, talking about idols? <laughs> so, so the general understanding, the common understanding, is three dimensional things are a no no. Which is also interesting because there's a very famous example, and I forgot the scholar. It's usually Al-Qarafi, but I forgot the scholar who made a whole block out of a candle, and it was a lion that would melt into another animal. And so it's definitely 3D, right? But Allah knows best. Any other questions, thoughts, reflections about the big sins? I think that list is very scary. Sabrine. Oh, what seems to swallow? The small sins or the big? It seems like there's nothing left for the small sins. Oh, uh, a small sin can be something like, you know, uh, I walk up to Bossit and I hit him on the head for no reason. You know. Oh. You know, Bossit's like, you've got a lot of those small sins, man. So, uh, yeah, it seems like this list is very, very comprehensive of all the things bad that a person could do. But now, oh, any other questions about the list itself? 
collecting taxes. <laughs> so there it's probably, we'd have to look it up. It's probably uh, exploitative taxes as opposed to taxes for the purpose of running society. Case in point, uh, you know, it used to be that here police would pull you over for speeding because you're speeding. Uh, and so your fine was related to the fact that you're speeding. Now it is part of the fundraising of the of the community, of the society. And so exploitate, it's probably exploitative taxes. Uh, Black Rectangle No More Sadia saying dragging the hem of one's clothing. Uh, so basically the attributes of hypocrisy are also included in the big sins, yes. So that's famous narration where the prophet, peace be upon him, says that if you're dragging your clothing uh, against the ground, if you're just letting it drag, it's a sign of arrogance. And how is it a sign of arrogance? You're basically saying, I'm so rich, I've got so much clothes, I don't even care. You know, I'll have another piece of clothes. And then Abu Bakr says, well, I do that. But in Abu Bakr's case, he's so small and scrawny that he can't help but his, his clothes to drag. And so the prophet peace upon him says, no, you're not arrogant. But effectively, yes, the attributes of hypocrisy, that the uh, Saudi that's a good observation, um, are also among the kabah. So, so the brides who have these big like dresses <laughs> or all these things and you know they were actually committing the sin in, well, in the past wearing uh, the, those big like huge so I'm cautious to call those sins uh, because that is orf that's custom and so there is some space we have to give regarding clothing for fashion right now, what is the statement that is being made when you have this big, long robe? You're basically saying you're royalty, right? Right. And so they so see weddings are basically these low-budget versions of mogul, of mogul weddings, right? You know, get the, get the most lamest Bollywood music you can. Don't even stop it or start it at a good time. But then, you know, the bride enters with her grand entrance and her clothes dragging for 50 miles. Yeah, that's all basically pretending that you're royalty. And when, in fact, all you're doing is just blowing all your money, you should get a Lexus instead or something. But uh, I am cautious against calling that a sin uh, because that is the fashion. And how about the royalty itself? Across the Muslim world, they had this tradition of dragging robes. There? Among women. There, that might be more of... Uh, you know, uh, of the sin realm, because there you have authority. There you're literally showing your wealth, right? I mean, we have the goofy version of our Desi weddings where you're inviting everyone and in theory you're doing it for happy times and to be happy, but it is sort of a minor version of showing your wealth. It's a really dumb version, saying having officiated many, many weddings of all sizes. Um, Maybe. So maybe it's worse among kings and queens and their princesses and princes. But it is the fashion. I mean, the point being, if you go to a wedding shop here on Devon Avenue, you're probably not going to be able to find an outfit that doesn't drag. So these are, these are 
whether your intention is good or not, these will apply, all of these? Well, try to think for a lot of these. I don't know if it's possible to have a good intention. Lying, you may have a good intention. You know, uh, so even, you know, the, the common misused teaching uh, that Islamophobes love is that deception is allowed in war to the point that war is deception. And people think that, all right, yeah, Muslims are all lying to us. They're all actually at war with us. But the point here is that lying is bad. Killing should be avoided. If you can lie so that bloodshed does not happen, then you should lie. If you if lying will bring two friends who are fighting together, then you can consider lying. Uh, if a husband doesn't like his wife's cooking, and of course I've already indicated some gender issues there, um, it is okay for him to lie about uh, the fact that he doesn't like the cooking. So there you can have some good intentions. For a lot of these, I think it's hard to have a good intention. Like there isn't really like a good intention to kill somebody, right? Mm. So, but actions are judged by intentions, yes. Other questions, thoughts, reflections about the big sins? Uh, for, for regardless of whether we call them big or small, do they make sense that they are big sins or sins? I prefer not to go through the list again, but I can if you want. Yeah, dead silence. Blank stairs. Nobody wants to be reminded of big sins. The point being that one of the principles of Sharia, I just like saying that word, is is that it's promoting upright behavior and it is calling against, it is discouraging wrong behavior. And if this is Deen al-Fitra, that we can recognize in theory that things are these things are wrong even without Islam telling us. Make sense? It's interesting that some of the items on the list are like aqidah issues. I don't know why in my mind I compartmentalize aqidah issues and then sins as an underbook. Uh, probably has some influence uh, from your sheikh who who teaches a lot of aqidah. You know. yeah. Could be. So, so and, but mashallah for that. But uh, yeah. <clears throat> so then consider... The question, this is sort of uh, a combination of Sadia and Ulfat's question or observations. Uh, how do you address the question? Suppose you have a good non-Muslim. Okay. So in terms of the questions of salvation. Very, very, very common question in our society. Suppose you have someone who is very upright, very generous, but is not a Muslim. What do you think? Are all of their actions in vain? I like using these radio voices for these questions. Well, no, I don't think they are, because multiple times in the Quran it says that Allah will judge fairly the jews christians sabians and you know the others so i don't think their actions are in vain okay and your thoughts sabrine 
Well, what about agnostic? Okay, well, let's add everybody to the list. Okay, yeah, let's make it further. What if what about is an atheist? Yeah, like is that? Uh, and there's super like the, generous. It's the, most, it's the most common argument for atheists. Why can't you be all this without having to believe in God? All right. So, what are your thoughts? I mean, if you're an atheist, that's like the number one. That's the most. Isn't that the thing you can't come back from? Okay. So then it negates all the other um, good deeds. That's the question. What do y'all think? Can we make excuses for um, the atheists or like agnostic? You know, like we we often talk about like majority people who kind of like far from God or religion is kind of like they have some sort of trauma in their life okay. and then they have like really upright, like, you know, um, character, but just, just don't believe in God okay. just because of like the trauma. Can you make exception for them? Okay. So let's even just, let's separate those people. Let's say it's just someone who's raised as an atheist. Maybe their parents had the trauma and they, are just being raised as an atheist, but the parents are saying you must be good to everyone. You must be generous. What do we want to say no, about that? The number one sin on that list was like disbelieving in God. Okay. Fair, unfair. I think it would be fair because Sherrick is the biggest of biggest of biggest of the sins. And that's pretty big. Yeah, and um, and Allah has said that He can forgive everything except, you know, denying His presence. Okay. And so we would assume that He will be fair in other aspects, and I think that He will be fair if He denies salvation to those who deny Him. Okay. Ultimately. All right. Basit. Oh, no. I mean, so you focus on the road, right? can barely hear you. Barely hear you. And I think maybe you should, like, focus on driving, you know. Uh, I think that, uh, I think ultimately, we as Muslims, uh, we need to believe that uh, we will be the only ones that will have to that. However, in fact, um, there needs to be uh, certain uh, forgiving aspects where, where if we don't know, we need to understand that those that are not Muslim um, can also possibly uh, be accepted to the agenda. It just depends on whether they have received the message properly uh, and then reject it. If they have not received it properly, then based on their good suggestions. Okay, so that is somewhat similar to what Khurram just posted, if I understood you correctly. You're basically saying if someone hasn't received the message properly, they're not going to be judged the same way as someone who has received the message properly. Okay, so that's the famous case of the missionary who goes to the the Inuit, uh, you know, this person who's living in this winter type climate, invites them to to believe in God and says that now if you don't believe you go to hell and he says well if you didn't tell me then I would be okay so why'd you tell me 
but uh, all right. Any other thoughts, Sabrine? You're on mute. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, can you repeat that last comment you said? Okay, so, so to put it into um, um, simple English, or no, not simple English, but into a, a very simple scenario. Let's say you're going around calling people to a law, okay? And then you come to this person and you invite them to a law. And you say that, all right, if you turn down this message, you're going to go to hell. And then that person says, well, what if you never told me? And then, then you say, well, then you wouldn't be in trouble because you didn't know. So then that person says, then why did you tell me? Make sense? So let's let's make this even more fun. Out of a thousand people throughout human history, if you had all of human history together, out of a thousand people, how many are we taught are going to go to hell? Or let's make it nicer. How out of a thousand people, how many are we taught are going to go to heaven? Out of a thousand people, nine hundred ninety-nine are going to be going to hell, mm. making it more scary. Good. Obviously, some of those will be Muslims. Inshallah, none of us. Inshallah, inshallah. But uh, any thoughts, Sabrine? I thought I thought Islamically, like we're not supposed to say who gets to go to hell and who gets to go to heaven. Like sure. we're, we're supposed to say the whole alam. Sure, that is correct. So I can't say like, okay, well, I mean, the whole building's empty because of Easter. Oh, there's a security person sitting over there. I can't decide, okay, that person's going to go to hell or heaven. Where everybody agrees, however, is that everyone will be treated fairly. Yeah. That Allah is going to be completely fair with everyone. Okay, this person, as far as I know, she's not a Muslim. Um, I can't decide that she's going to go to hell. Uh so that we can't do, right? This is also a big thing. And every time there's a celebrity who dies, <clears throat> especially if it, if that celebrity touched a lot of people, you'll have that crowd of people that's very sad. And you know, the other crowd says, why are you mourning over this coffee? You know, this is a big thing when Kobe Bryant died, right? Basit, you raise your hand. So that's where... Uh... Uh, that I don't know. The the question Basit is asking is, are the 999 Yajuj and Majuj? Uh, I suspect probably not. Possibly. Allah knows best. I mean, there is in the Quran, this is Surah Waqi'ah, it seems to indicate that a lot more people from the early eras of human history will go to paradise and a lot less people from the later eras will, will go to paradise. Yeah, guess which one we live in. Yeah. So Briggs is having the greatest day of Islamic learning today. The last hour was all about hypocrisy, and now we're talking about al-kabair. Yeah. You have another question, Sabrina? Um, sorry, there's like four people are behind me. I literally lost data of Come back to me, sorry. Did you, oh, you have a question? I forgot, no, I forgot my question. Okay, 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 fair enough. Okay, so where we're going to stop is at the point that every Allah is going to treat everybody fairly. 
Okay. That you have to have absolute conviction over. Allah is going to treat me fairly. He's going to treat you fairly. He's going to treat the Pharaoh fairly, right? And everybody in between, everybody above, everybody below, right? Um, but we will add more to it tomorrow. But right now, I want you to just explore this fact. 999 out of 1,000 people in human history will be going to hell, which I think is as scary as all hell. Right. I don't know if that's bad words or not usage the way I did that. Like I have a, I have a, a niece who will say Jahannam, but she won't say hell. She'll say H-E into hockey sticks. But Sabrina, do you remember your question? Um, is it true? Okay, I don't know if it's true, but I heard this when I was a kid. I don't remember exactly when or why or who, but that um, Muslims, Christians, Jews, all will be judged, and eventually, like, okay, so the Muslims separately, like, heaven hell. But is it true that Jews and Christians are also eventually going to heaven too? So, so after- this is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. After they meet their judgments or they meet their... So this is related to the ayahs that that Sarah Abuji was referring to, which we will also save until tomorrow. (laughs) Right now, I just want you to really, really think about this fact of how many people in creation are going to go to hell. And what am I actually saying in relationship to the discussions for the last few days about culture? Just because everybody in the culture is behaving in a certain way and determining this is upright behavior, this is wrong behavior, it doesn't mean that it's that that which is categorized as upright is any is anywhere close to that which Allah categorizes as upright. I hope that question, that uh, that uh, concept made sense. So, uh, black rectangle, no more. Sadia says so. Out of, uh, so uh, I don't understand your question, Sadia. If you can either type or explain further. Nine ninety nine of every one thousand, or nine 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 out of every one thousand. That's your nine 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 is higher than a thousand. I mean, that's what I meant. Nine nine. There is an extra one. So, so basically, ninety nine percent, ninety nine point nine percent of everybody is going to be going to hell. Okay. Yeah. Go. So, uh, this cliffhanger is going to have us all of us doing a lot of istighfar and dua tonight. This is the goal. Yes, exactly. All righty. And quite a few people in this group also do interfaith work, so this is also things to think about too, including this guy right here. All righty. We will stop here unless anyone has any other questions, thoughts, reflections on this. He makes a special appearance. Hello. I don't know if things are being spoken. All righty. So uh, reflect on this for tomorrow, inshallah. Because uh, these are statements about the brutal reality of the human experience and such. Inshallah, inshallah, uh, we'll be among those ones. Chala, chala, chala. Alrighty. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. May Allah ta'ala reward you all, inshallah. And yes, let's all do a lot of istighfars. We're also about to begin the final phase of Ramadan. Oh, mashallah, mashallah. Okay. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.